You're listening to Chasing Prophecy Radio, where we discuss anything and everything beyond the scope of normal. On UPRN Talk Radio FM 107.7 in New Orleans and FM 105.3 in Mississippi. If it's unexplainable, we're talking about it. Whether you're a believer or a skeptic, we cover everything where the unknown becomes the known. Okay, and they're unedited and really terrifying, narrated by Steve Stockton, and I highly recommend it. Jennifer, you're going to have to mute that. I knew him. I was on their board from 2011 to, I don't know, 13 or 14, something like that. And he's a straight-laced professional, IBM executive. I've had dinner with him and his wife. His wife, they're churchgoers. They go to Bible study together. I, I, I just, it's fine. I find the whole thing out of character. But, you know, being head of security for years, 26 years, I, I also found that you never know about somebody. And, um, you know, it, it, the strangest things happen. But I, I tell you a couple of things I heard. You know, when you're in the UFO field, though, uh, you can get set up. Um, you know, there's a lot of people in this field that either uh, committed suicide, that got in trouble with the law. You know, it, it you got to wonder. It really makes you wonder. And somebody said that he had some documents on his computer that he wasn't supposed to have from either the Defense Department or the Secret Space Program, which is not a secret anymore with the Space Force, and that uh, this may not be what it appears to be. So I don't know. That's all I know about it. But I know when it's in the UFO field, either it attracts, this field either attracts strange people, um, or there's an agency out there that gets you out of the way if you're causing problems. Or there's that other side of this field that you don't see, the dark side that is absolutely drawn to this field. It's in the background. Yeah. Can you share that? Like some dark side? Well, uh, the the demonic forces. You know, it's funny. um, You know, uh, just really quick with that. You know, it's really interesting. Well, one thing Jan Harsan's wife said to me two or three years ago uh, when I was really digging into the demonology, she said that uh, she had uh, been at two of the symposiums and actually saw shadow people moving through the aisles among the attendees. She was oh, a total, my God. <laughs> yeah, she was, and matter of fact, then I looked into that a little. There were other people who said the same thing. Matter of fact, I think it was a symposium just uh, three years ago that the people, some two of the state directors said they saw they saw shadow people uh, moving uh, through the theater. Um, uh, my, you know, here's something really interesting. You know, I joined MUFON in '98 because I was researching my first book on end time prophecy. Uh, and you know, when I was looking at these other cultures and stuff, uh, the, the, the UFO. Thing started coming up. So, um, you know, I started writing that book in 96. So 98, I joined MUFON. 99, I go to my first uh, MUFON symposium over in D.C., Northern Virginia. And I go, I come home, and I have four days of uh, demonic infestation, four nights, I should say. Now, why would that happen at the first UFO symposium I went to. I'm telling you, there's a connection here between this UFO field and and demonology. There is. Yeah, you uh, know, we had the same question. We had the same um, conversation. Um, I think it was on Facebook about our. We both have the same same ideology on what they are hmm. and the angels and demons. Oh, absolutely. There, there's no doubt in my mind. Uh, that the abduction side of UFOs are not aliens. It, it's uh, a repeat of the Nephilim, the fallen angels, the watchers, actually. You know, there's a difference between the fallen angels and the watchers. They're not the same. The fallen no. angels were the ones that sided with Lucifer uh, and revolted. The watchers are uh, 200 angels that decided to materialize 
and and procreate with women and became fallen angels. So there's two different types of, of fallen angels. But uh, I am, you know, Jen, also, I uh, while I was doing this research in my book, The String Theory of the Unexplained, I, I took Kenneth Ring's work on near-death experience and alien abduction, right? And he says they're two total opposites, and he gives a lot of reasons why. So what I did then after reading all of the books on exorcism, Malachi Martin, uh, uh, Gabriel Amorth, uh, all of those, and, and not hauntings, but demon attack type stories, and I read the alien abduction stories, Carlo Turner, you know, all of, all of those, Betty Andresian, I then sat down and took the markers of demonic uh, infestation, you know, when they start to attack and the markers of alien abduction, there's about a 70% overlap. The same things happen. And, uh, and I think I may be the only person in the world that has done that comparison. And it's in that book, The Strength Theory of the Unexplained. So, and then, you know, I looked at a lot of cases like Carla Turner and Betty Andresian. They absolutely 1,000% were describing demonic entities. But, you know, Carla Turner was a doctor and she must have been an atheist because she never called, never looked at the religious side, didn't call upon God, didn't call on Jesus for help. And she just tried <laughs> to explain it thinking it was some sort of an alien thing. But she ended up realizing that because she wrote a book, uh, masquerade of angels you know no she knew it wasn't angels and that meant it was demons but she never said it was demons she still stuck with the alien thing uh, and, it, and there were a lot of yeah go ahead. okay um i've been in the paranormal business for over 30 years and i have dealt with some demons but also um a lot of the shadow people that you've seen are not all demonic yeah. Okay. Um, to me, when someone says, and I'm not knocking you, John. Okay. Yeah. I'm not knocking you. All right. I'm not questioning you or nothing. But my point of view is that not all and everything is demonic. It's usually, in my experience of investigating a lot of clients' houses, it's not so much demonic, but a really, really angry spirit. Yeah. It's, well, you know, it's yeah. a something else Sean let me ask your opinion because I had always uh, bought into you know the fact that uh, ghosts were human spirits and you know then you had the something else that was demons and you, and you have you know angels but I read a book recently God's Ghostbusters which was one of the best ones to explain everything paranormal but one chapter in there by Gary Bates from the creation ministries he said that there are no such thing as ghosts as far as human spirits. And I don't agree with him, but he basically said that anything you encounter that's preternatural, supernatural like that, it's either an angel or a demon. And no. uh, I, 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 I don't agree with that. But, you know, I'll tell you what, I asked some other people and they said, oh, yeah, when we were growing up. That's what we were told. There are no ghosts. There are angels and demons. And that's all there is. Yeah, I, I agree because that's the way I was. That I grew up, that's what was taught to me. But being in the field for so long and being really deep into the paranormal, yeah. spirits are human beings. And I don't believe what that guy said. I mean, yeah, yeah but you know, I, I really stopped and thought about that. I said, well, we know that demons trick people by pretending to be relatives, we know they mm -hmm. can actually do good things to suck you in and get on you, you know and get you to invite them in and stuff. So, you know, but who knows? Here's the thing. Nobody really knows what any of the ghost, demon, angel stuff is, interdimensional. Nobody really knows what the aliens are. Who knows? But I don't agree with his assessment, but it made me actually stop and say, wow, if ghosts are not human spirits and every, every one of those encounters are really a demon messing with you, that's scary. Yeah, um, yeah I, can, I, I can see that. But and, and I mean, for any ordinary Joe or Jane, yeah. OK, I can see that point of view. But when you have professionals like us. Yeah. OK. Um, especially me um, in the feeling like is a demon or non-demon, you know yeah. what I mean? And but for an ordinary Joe and Jane, 
yes, I can see how that can happen. And I'll share an experience with you. I had a case a year ago um, where this one lady, she was in her 50s, no lie, and she was being attacked by a spirit. Now, she thought it was a demon, but it was a spirit. But I, I, I couldn't figure out, like, what's going on, you know? So I play Columbo when I go on these investigations. And um, Hare, come to find out, she played with a Ouija board 25 yep. years uh-huh. ago. Yep. Okay? And you know as well as I know, there's no time out there in spirit room. Okay? Yep. And that spirit waited yep. and waited and waited and found the opportunity time to pounce in and you know, gave this girl a lot of crap. You yeah. want to stay away from those Ouija boards. Oh, you have to. But, you know, I'll tell you something else uh, without turning this totally into the demonic side, though, <laughs> is that what is the odds that, um, you know, uh, I, I've had paranormal activity my whole life, or, or let's say, I'll say, let's say the major part of it started in Oklahoma in 1990, but every couple of years, something really paranormal happened. But then, on the 20th anniversary of my divorce. Now, what is the odds of that? A demonic entity showed up in the house. Why on the 20th anniversary of my divorce? See, there's no there's no coincidence with these things. They waited, there's no conception of time. Well, maybe there was, because he did it exactly on the 20th anniversary, June 6th of 14. I got divorced June 6th of 94. Uh, but that was a message, and that that one was my first encounter that I believe was demonic. Mm-hmm. That, oh, yeah. That's that's creepy. Okay, Jen, it's back to you, honey. <laughs> that's okay. okay. I'm enjoying it. To, yeah, we'll get back to we'll get back to reality. We'll go back to reality. <laughs> yeah, really. No, I love. It's so interesting. I could sit and listen to it all all night. Um, but tell us. Um, how, why did you, you, you got involved with MUFON in the first place? I know you mentioned a little bit about it, but um, did you, ha- besides having the demonic things, is, was there something to get you involved in it? Yeah, well, you know, it was kind of interesting. Uh, when I talked to, like, a lot of the MUFON people, state directors, they all, oh, Stan Gordon, well, you know, we, I love this, I love I watch. I read every UFO book at eight years old, nine years old. I said, well, I got news for you. I didn't have any interest in this until I was, like, 41 years old. I knew nothing about the UFO uh, field. Uh, I knew zero. I was a uh, a Comic-Con horror magazine collector, famous monsters of Filmland. I, I was working, uh, traveling all around the country. I wanted to write a novel, a disaster novel, you know, either around the millennium or, or 2012. I decided to do 2012 because it was 96 and I didn't think I could get it done in four years. Um, so... Uh, that's how I basically started, you know, writing a uh, Irwin Allen disaster novel, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. around the Mayan calendar. And that's when I started reading the stuff about star people, knowledge from people from the sky, flying shields. That's how I got involved in UFOs. And uh, I think, you know, it actually pulled me in. I didn't look to get into the UFO field. Like everybody thinks, oh, well, he, he's always done this. No, I was, I was 1998. I joined MUFON. I was 41. I knew nothing, nothing about UFOs. So I kind of got in, uh, and then it immediately kind of pulled me in, um, you know, because, well, I won't say that, because actually in the beginning, not much happened other than that uh, demonic attack after the first conference. But, um Later on, when I became state director, is when I got sucked in because of the TV shows. Oh yeah, yeah. we all did. Yeah. Um, I, Jen, I'm going to ask my producer. I see Celeste. Um, does she have a question for John? I'm not sure. I guess she does, but she, yes, she does. Hi, Celeste. Do you have a question for John Ventry? Hi. Yeah. Hi, welcome to Chasing Prophecy. Do you have a um, question for John Ventry or comment? Yes, yeah, sure. Okay. So um, la- last night um, I had a dream, right? Okay. I dreamed that I was flying, and and some people, some people, some people was um, they was trying to catch me, but but they couldn't, and then after, 
in the dream, I had a ring, a, a gold ring. They was trying to get it, but they couldn't. It was a real fight because every time, every time they try what to come closer, I just like fly away. Mm-hmm. What I mean? Yeah, well, you know, I, it's funny. I had two out-of-body experiences exactly 30 years apart. Uh, and, you know, at the time I was 12, I thought it was a dream. It was like, it was three or four, four nights in a row, I think. And every night, you know, I was able to fly further and I could actually see all the trees, all the tops of the houses in my neighborhood in Queens and stuff. And then when I, when I, in 99, when I told you I attended that uh, MUFON symposium and I had all this demonic activity in the house, I again had an out of body experience. I was floating above my house. It was like I woke up and I opened my eyes and I could see my green Grand Cherokee in the driveway. And I was at the peak of the house and I wanted to just try to reach and touch it. And I kind of fell back into into sleep or whatever it was. So I don't know. I'm not a dream expert. I don't know if those are, you know, I don't know if your spirit leaves your body, if out of, what out of body experiences are. But uh, but if you didn't see any creatures or anything, I don't, I don't know how significant that is. Thank no, you, Celeste. I didn't see any creatures. It, it was like people who was trying to get me, but yeah, but uh, I kept flying and yeah. it's a while now. Again, it's a dream that I fly in. Hmm. Well, it could be just a lucid dream. People have all kinds of things happen in lucid dreams, you know. Yeah. But well, the thanks. Flying, the flying part could be an out-of-body experience. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Celeste. Thank for you very much, Celeste. Thank you, Jennifer. Real quick, John, what do you think of Kecksburg? <laughs> well, you know, Stan and I did some, uh, we did a debate once on somebody's radio show. Uh, you know, Kecksburg absolutely happened. Something happened. We know that they lied about it. We know that more than just three Air Force people showed up, like they said. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's funny, in 2015, I hooked up with an engineer and he pretty much convinced me that Kecksburg was really a uh, military uh, spy satellite. And we were pr- we were able to explain just about everything from Kecksburg that it was a, a GE Mark, th- Mark II uh, spy satellite. But I tell you, one of the things that happened from it was when we wrote our research paper, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette printed it. And that reporter went and put it on a military website, Stars and Stripes. And a few months later, we were contacted by a guy up in Massachusetts who gave us the name of the Army officer that headed up the investigation in Kecksburg. Now, nobody had ever found anybody from the military that was involved with that. And uh, we came across we came upon the guy. We talked. He had passed away. We talked to his wife. We talked to his neighbors. And he had told them all that he had headed up that investigation into Kecksburg, but that it was a Russian satellite. That's what he was told. Okay. But I don't believe it was the Russian satellite. I believe it was our satellite. And they couldn't let anybody know because it was used to spy on uh, Russia. So, you know, the good thing is we came up with a witness and a verification that, um, you know, they lied about it, that there were, you know, 20, 30 people there, uh, military related. Yeah. And then, you know, even the, 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 the four guys in white outfits, which were really radiation suits carrying a box into the woods and the blue arcing. Well, you know, what we figured that was, was, uh, uh, those are radiation suits, NASA people maybe. And they will, they, they cut the thing open to take out the atomic generator. I mean, so much of it made sense that we were able to explain it, but you know, something happened, uh, and it's not what we're being told, which happens a lot. I, I think that the whole Kecksburg thing too, like I, you know, it's funny years ago, I said to Stan, we got to do Kecksburg up. We got to do it bigger. We've got to do weekend tours, like from hotels where, you know, uh, you, you drive over and you tell the story. And uh, he kind of, that's when he started the, the, uh, the Kecksburg festival with the fire department. But I think that 
that could be made into a much bigger event in a different location with with lectures and and all of that you know if the county or somebody wanted to actually make it a tourism spot like roswell yeah that would be uh, awesome see john you know since i started chasing prophecy you know we started to get to the uh ufos and stuff like that and yeah so I'm doing a lot of research, first time in so 35 years, um, and and it's amazing. It seems like, uh, if I'm not mistaken, back in 1954-55, that's where they saw a lot of um, UFOs over in Germany, and I was wondering, okay, it seems like after all this little bit of information and all the UFOs that were catching, all of a sudden our like you know, our electric or our communications, microwaves, you know, stuff like that. Is it possible? Now, I think, okay, that since we caught these or the Air Force has got these UFOs, that they took all this technology from them and then they used it for us. Is that is that a good statement? Yeah, I think that that's a good possibility. Uh, you know, uh, Bill Burns and uh, I can't think of the other guy that military officer, they wrote that book the day after Roswell, and they talked about all the items that we got from trying to figure out the UFO. Uh, but I, I actually have a little different uh, spin on the UFO um, history. And I go back to, and I can't remember now, it was 1936 or 38, I think it was 36 in Germany, the Black Forest, there's a documented UFO crash in the Black Forest of Germany. Now, what I think happened was the Nazis got it. They didn't know mm -hmm. what it was. They couldn't figure it out. And they started doing their experiments like the Nazi bell, uh, the Hanabu, you know, they, and they developed the jet engines. Uh, they were six months away from winning World War II. If they really wanted the atomic bomb, which Hitler didn't want, he wanted to just capture cities. He didn't want to blow them up. Um, but I, that you, and they had so much technology that they were working on rockets, all of that. See, I think it came from that crash in the Black Forest. And I also think we got all of that. Kamala brought it over to America and cut a deal because he's only mentioned one time in the Nuremberg trials. And then you never hear of Kamala again. I think he escaped gave us all of the documentation and everything. And I think Roswell very well, that's 1945. So two years later in Roswell, that could have been an experimental UFO that we built and crashed in, in Roswell. Mm. And that could that actually, be, that's great. That's it. That could be the explanation for Roswell and then the cover up. But I think that the, the the Black Forest crash was really the start of it, and the start wasn't Roswell. Interesting. I kind of I believe that, too. Um, Celeste has another question. She wants to know, um, and Celeste, if you go to my um, Facebook page or go to Amazon and look for Aurora's Curtain under my last name, J.E. Nicasio, I have a book that... We'll answer that too in my book. It's a it's an it's a fiction book, but can Lucifer be forgiven by God? You know, I've I've asked that, and uh, his betrayal was so deep, and his unwillingness to repent. Uh, so there is no forgiveness for Lucifer or for fallen angels. It's not possible okay. because they're so malevolent at this point. Okay, now I'm going to blow all you away tonight. <laughs> Good. I want to be blown away. Go for it, John. You're going to get blown away. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, when I was studying this stuff, I started Angels and Demons, and I talked to a lot of priests. I talked to a lot of Monsignors and a lot of theologians, okay? And this, like, really threw me for a looper. But when God threw Lucifer out of heaven, right, they supposedly send them to hell, okay? But sure, he was sent to hell, but he was there to keep an eye on Satan. Okay. I've heard that it's two separate beings, Lucifer and Satan, two separate beings. Two separate beings. Yeah. And I know, and from what these people who are scholars are telling me this, because it was really interesting, that when the earth ends, when everything dies, Lucifer will be put on the right-hand side of God again. Hmm. 
that's interesting. Yeah, yeah it is. It, it blew me away because when they would tell me, okay, that he was just, you know, because in the Bible, as you all know, you know, if you didn't sound right, <laughs> you know, it wasn't going to be put in. Uh, I can go on forever. This is another show. This is another <laughs> show. Okay. That's interesting. But first, instead of taking a knee at sporting events, he's going to have to take a knee at the throne. And Damn straight. Damn. <laughs> That's I think another a lot of people are going to have to do that. Yeah, that's another story there. Yeah, there's a, that's a whole other story. That's uh, that's kind of yeah. I I don't know. Um, I think we all are are able to be forgiven. So I'm not so sure about Lucifer. I know he was a terrible person, but I want to look at the good in all God's creatures, and maybe God could do that. I don't know. Yeah, that's, you know, it's a little contradictory to think that he's unforgivable, you know, but he would have to prove it. And, you know, and I think the whole thing, even with this, you know, when you get demonic infestation stuff, um, whether you emit an aura or something, they can read you somehow. I don't think demons can read your mind. They can put thoughts in your head stuff. But I don't think they can actually read your mind. But I think there's enough of them around stalking people that they just know everything you've done because they viewed it. You know, well, they know where your yeah, they know your where your weakness is, and that's yeah. why I always tell people, don't put it out there in the universe what you are fearful of, because yeah. that's when the demons, demonic people, you know, spirits, that's that's how they get you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they, they pick people out for various reasons, you know, and some people think, well, it's only bad people. Like when I started telling people, I got something in my house, the first thing they said to me is, what did you do wrong? I know I did wrong. <laughs> And then you do the research, you find out, well, they already got the bad people pretty much. It's the good people that they're trying to get, you know. So and and there were many people like Padre Pio, St. Teresa, others, Mm -hmm. John, the the R, the R's, uh, uh, you know, that these were good people that were attacked because they were good. So, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions. Yeah, they struggle. Most people don't know there's nine levels of angels and nine levels of demons. And I tell you what, I'm sitting here talking to you, Jen. The light in this uh, my office. Oh my is, god! It I is was just going to tell you that's weird, John, because I just my light here, it what behind me, and it's it's not really stormy yet, so that's weird. And something knocked over. At my place. Something. Four times, Jen. Four times as I'm telling you this about demons, this light went from 60 watts to 100. Four Jeez. times in a row. It, it just, I'm telling hey, you, that's part of it. You think they're John, gone. Yeah. John, <laughs> what are the nine levels of angels? Can you explain that to me, please? Yeah. Yeah, there's there's nine levels. It's, you know, I, I have learned so much in this field. It's unbelievable about everything. MUFON with astronomy, with aircraft, all of that. But there's nine levels of uh, angels and demons. Um, the, the top level of angels, there's three spheres. The top level are seraphim, cherubim, thrones. And Lucifer was a seraphim. The middle three are dominions, uh, virtues, virtues, and powers, right? Now, w- let me first tell you what they do. The seraphim are pure light. The cherubim guard the gates of heaven. The thrones carry out God's orders. The dominions regulate the angels. Virtues perform miracles. God tells them what to do. Powers combat the fallen angels. Then the bottom three are principalities, archangels, and angels. Principalities guard against evil. Archangels command God's army, like Michael was an archangel. And uh, and angels are basically human guardians. So, But the, the problem is, is that you got those same nine um, levels of demons. You know, your seraphim is, uh, and, and here's the other thing, too. I thought that the devil was one person, but there are devils and there are demons. It, it, it's multiple. It's not just one person. Uh, and if you think about where they, where they say in the Bible that uh, 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 guard us against, uh, uh, what's it called, uh, powers and, and, and uh, principalities, right? Powers and principalities. So okay. it makes me wonder, powers are the sixth 
level, principalities are seven. So maybe Lucifer didn't take that top four levels with him. He was the only high level one. And then the fallen angels were really made up of the bottom five levels. And those are his demons, you know? Mm -hmm. That's pretty interesting. I'm going to have to look it up. Nine levels. And if I've asked priests, and they've said, yeah, there's nine levels of angels and nine levels of uh, demons. Basically, the top three demonic levels supervise. The middle three uh, are, are, are stronger demons who do the work. Uh, and the bottom three. But when you get, if you get a fallen angel, those are the noises in your house. The fallen mm. archangel is like the jinn. They they start the attacks on you to wear you down, the scratching, the biting, the poking. The principalities are the possession. Principalities and powers are the levels that possess people. Mm. And I don't Interesting. Think any, I don't think it goes any higher than those four uh, uh, levels. And then you have uh, seraphim, the, the top level that is the leader. And that's Lucifer. Well, well, aren't the archangels? Aren't they the highest, though? I mean, no, like Raphael. They're the, no, no, they're the second lowest. Really? I learned, and I learned so much in this. Yeah, the archangels are level um, eight. And angels are level nine. Humans are level ten. And elementals of animals and nature is level eleven. You know. So yeah, you thought that archangels are the strongest because Michael defeated Lucifer, but yeah. he only, only did it because God gave him his sword and enabled him to do it. Now see, when I go out and I fight evil things, I got Uriel, U-R-I-E-L. Yeah, That's an my archangel, yeah, and he yeah. kicks ass. Yeah, Uriel. But they, they were that you know they were out there to battle. But they were given uh, additional authority by God, you know. But, you know, there's so much of this whole side of it. I actually find this more interesting than the UFO sides, you know. Like, you know, what is the origin of, of these, of, of uh, demons, you know? Um, you say, well, they, they, they were fallen angels. Well, there's, there's actually five different types of theories on it is they're actually from another world or dimension, just evil beings from another planet or dimension there was a a race here prior to adam that had no souls and they when they died they became demons you have the watches which were the 200 angels that mated with women uh you know after you know afterwards you know before the uh great flood uh then people say demons can be spirits of evil people hitler Idi Amin, you know uh, pol pot Mm. They can then become demons, and you also have the one-third angels that were fallen angels in the beginning that sided with Lucifer. So there's really five explanations to where demons come from, and nobody really knows. Okay, not 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 to, but who had the authority to say all this stuff? Is there what Arthur was it that explained all these? Some comes from the Bible, some comes from uh, exorcisms where they question (laughs) a demon, you know, tell me your name. They try to break him down by getting him to communicate, tell tell me your name, and and they actually ask questions and they compile this information. Because like when I told you the hierarchy, I can give you the names uh, of what the names of demons that fall into each of those nine levels of, of demons, you know, um, from the books I've read. Okay. I, I just, I'm a little sketchy on this situation, but that's yeah. my own personal opinion. Okay. Um, maybe it's something that I have to look into even more. Um, see, to me, there are so many damn demons out there in the world. And it's like, who are you dealing with? How do you know it's the top demon or the low demon or whatever? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, they know that during the exorcism as to, uh, and they've, they've documented this over the year, years, and, uh, well, they've they've kind of broken it down that the noises, then it progresses to the next level of, a, of physical contact, and then the next level of, of uh, possession. And those uh, are different demons that do those different things. I have, I in in my business in, in my thing, I have dealt with people who do get possessed, but they're not from demons. They're from 
real ghost. Oh. But well, okay. Uh, a human spirit could do that because yes, it, it's hard human to say. spirit can jump in on you. It's hard yes. to say because they say human spirits are not that powerful. They can oh, move. Yes, they are. But then go back. But then you tell them, John. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I'm just saying. Then go back to that original question I raised: that there are no ghosts. You either go to heaven or hell, and everything paranormal you deal with is an angel or a demon. If they're that powerful to possess, it's a demon. There are no ghosts. I don't know. I don't know the answer. That, you know, so it, it's. I'm just sharing what I yeah. um, what yeah. I what I have seen now. In order for a spirit to get really strong, they have to, they need electricity. Okay, yeah. I agree. A, they need energy, and when you're at a house and you're under, you know, all kinds of pools and stuff like that, and everything going. I mean, it, it's just like a bed. You know, it's just like a bed full, and and then it goes crazy. Um, a lot of the houses. A lot of the houses um, that are rolled, the first thing we check on is the electrical boxes. And, you yeah. know, most of the old houses have that, um, the old wiring, which sends off a lot of energy. And it actually can mess with your mind and get you sick, you know. Yeah. So. Well, they definitely, they definitely draw energy. Uh, I could tell you when something happened here in April of, uh, I think that was 16, April 16, uh, I went, I then went, it was a demonic, again, a demonic attack. I went outside. I had just picked my jet skis up, had them serviced, charged, everything. It was like two weeks later. I, I get, take them, I'm about, I want to take them down to Pittsburgh. So I start them first. Both batteries are dead. Not oh, one, yeah. both batteries are dead. Absolutely. And the, batteries, and the batteries in my snowmobiles were dead. Four batteries, Absolutely. all dead. And there was something yes. outside my house. That happens all just, the time. Yep. All the time. When I go on investigations, I better bring 64 batteries because yeah. they go out within five minutes. That's it... when I go to the cemetery, too. <laughs> Doesn't it worry you, though, that you don't you can't see it? So you don't know what you're encountering. That's the part that scares me that I don't okay. want. People have asked me to get involved in a haunting, uh, an, you know, people need help. That there's a spirit, a shadow person. I don't want to contact them. I don't want to make any contact with them because I don't want to go there. And then it attaches to me. And, and I know they target people and then they send people to you. Trying to get invited in your house. Mm, they don't like piggybacks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then once you invite them in, and you know, I can even tell you when this stuff was really going on here in 2016, I had people, you know, Jen, you know, I'm single at this point, divorced. Yes. I meet, I meet this woman on uh, match.com. Right? Oh, no. <laughs> and, and she goes, she goes, I, I know who you are. I've seen you on television. She goes, uh, you know, let's date. So I meet her in Monroeville and she says, I'm going to come over to your house. Wink, wink. I'm going to stay over your house. Wink, wink. But oh, first, shit. but first, <laughs> first, you got to invite my friend over. I said, what? Who's a friend? The ghost. No, her he's friend, right. No, her friend was <laughs> Olga, the South African exorcist. I said, what? What? She goes, yeah. she goes I spent, uh, what's the odds of on a dating site, I meet somebody who's all into this, right? She goes, I spent a month in South Africa doing exorcisms with this woman. She lives in Pittsburgh right now. She goes, you wouldn't believe the things I saw. I said, well, did you do it with a priest or, or a Christian or somebody trained? No, Olga the exorcist from South Africa. And I right away said to myself, I know what this is. That Makumbe and voodoo is the most powerful type of possessions and she wanted me to invite olga in my house and it would have brought in a higher yes, level it would have. you are so correct and, and i knew it and so there you is an example of them wanting to be invited in and you see that in movies too they come to the door like the black-eyed kids invite me in i need to use the phone i need to use your bathroom you know Sort of like a vampire, huh? Like a vampire. <laughs> did you know that vampires are demons? No, I did not. I never did either. I, I thought vampires were like uh, a story. You know, Bram Stoker made it up like, like Frankenstein, Dracula, the Wolfman. I thought they were characters, you know? And uh, the more I've researched this and looked into it, 
vampires are are demonic entities. They're demons. They're the opposite. Oh. They're the opposite of let's say Jesus, where they live at night. They're not in the light. They drink blood instead of of uh, you know the the uh, uh, you know drinking the the blood during confession. Uh, you know when you go to mass and stuff. I actually looked into it, and the the, the vampire is actually a demonic entity. Like, oh, yeah. Okay, you guys already know. So okay let's mute that person. <laughs> <laughs> this is a crazy night. I think all the it's a ghost. The ghosts and the demons okay. getting through. I still can't get over my light brightening. I thought it was going to explode four times in a row. The thing went from 60 watts to 100 watts while we were talking about the levels of demons. Yeah. They're telling me. They're telling me. They're still watching. They're here. Well, you, just watch, you just watch yourself, all right? I'm serious, Storm. Watch yourself. Well, you know, I, I actually got it. it. It took me five years to get it out of my house. I, I brought a priest over in 20. Well, well, he came over. He blessed everything, and it worked for about six months. They came back. But he didn't believe. I asked him questions. He goes, oh, the devil was just written to the Bible to scare people straight. So I knew his power was really weak. But an interesting thing happened last January of 19. Um, Ryan Caveline, do you know who he is, Jen? Mm, I've heard of it. I've heard of it. He's made some uh, Bigfoot uh, movies. He makes movies, mountain monsters, stuff like that. He says, John, I know know you have this demonic entity, this haunting at your house. He says, I'm doing uh, a movie called The Exorcism Prayer. I want you in it. Part of the deal is I'll bring a very trained exorcist down to your house. He'll interview you, and then he will exorcise your house. And I tell you, this guy knew his stuff. He lived up by Route 80, Sharon, PA. Uh-huh. He came down. We, we filmed. I told him what was going on. He, holy oil above every window and door, holy water in every room, myself, the whole thing. It's been gone since January of last year when this priest for the movie came down and he was real. He, I believe he did drive it out because everybody that's come in my house, even my daughter-in-law says, John, dad, your the house is so like clear now. There was always this heavy presence in, in the house. And you know who came over today? We had lunch was Colleen DeFranco. You know her, right? Yes. Yeah, so she came and she said the same thing. John, when I dated you uh, in 2004 to 2008, she said, uh, your house, I would hear things. And there was such a heavy presence in this. And she goes, it's not here now. I said, I know. That's that, good. that exorcism last January. Uh, That's I good. Cleaned it out. Um, hey, hey, John, um, let's turn it over to Jennifer, Jenny here. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted I just wanted to start talking more about the aliens and and yeah. UFOs. So I want to know because a lot of our listeners are curious, what were some of your uh, memorable um, investigations um, with MUFON? Yeah, the best one, you know, was two thousand and eight. Um, I had become the state director in 07, and I did that for 10 years. And uh, I, I, we get this big case that started up in Lake Erie. I was getting information of bright lights coming off of Lake Erie, uh, some sort of a craft flying. And then I would get, and you could match up the reports from Lake Erie to Wheeling, West Virginia, then across uh, Pennsylvania State College. And then it just exploded in the Philadelphia Bucks County area. And the Bucks County at the time, Jen, we were getting 92 cases a year. In a three month period in the Philly Bucks County area, we got uh, 230 cases just in that one area. And the two best cases were Denise, which I've done on TV, five different shows with the triangular craft dropping these metallic probes into her tree and then sucking them back up and we took samples of the leaves and they were had high levels of uh, boron on it not boric acid you know which would be a fertilizer it had boron boron is used in stealth aircraft and paints and enamels in nuclear reactors she had boron on her trees and and a bird a bird had a nest there the bird was dead after she saw this the next day was laying on the ground dead uh and then at the same time there was a guy in doylestown that was levittown uh doylestown retired contractor and uh 
twice, he, in both of these instances, the dog barked and wake them up, woke him up at like four in the morning. This guy dog barks, wakes him up. He looks out. He sees a gigantic uh, six-sided craft just slowly moving across the sky. And the second time he woke his wife up, they went outside. There was a heat lightning storm. And when the lightning went off, he could see it and it looked like six triangular craft docked together and the lightning would go off. And he could see through the seams. So it, it would light up and he could see the six uh, craft and it made a turn to the Northeast and just very slowly. He said, John, it was moving like a balloon at about 30 miles an hour, but he said it was gigantic. It was like three acres in size. And the investigator goes to the Philly tower. He gets cleared. He goes up and, on that same time and day, I think it was May 28th, they had a large object with no transponder come on their radar and veered off to the northeast. So wow. whether that was the space program that Trump just went public with, and I think it may have been, who knows? But it, you know, th that one lined up with radar. I was able to get the radar from the supervisor in the tower, yet the FF. FAA four times sent me a letter saying there was no radar, yet the woman sent me the disc and we were able to print it. That's crazy. Uh, Why do they cover this stuff up? I don't understand. <laughs> you know, at high levels, they're told to, you know, just uh, make it all go away, debunk it, that type. And it could just be a cover for our military. You know, even the, the woman with the, the triangular craft and the sprinkles, well, the guy mm -hmm. saw the triangles too. You know, it, it years later I learned about the TR3B. It completely matched up to a triangular craft with three lights on it on the three ends. It totally matched up to it. So who knows? That's wow. amazing. So what the best cases? <laughs> <laughs> what about um? Have did you ever get to talk to anybody about uh, maybe someone who thought they were abducted? Well, you know, here's the funny thing. I, I, I stayed away from the abduction field only because MUFON had people who specialized in that. Uh, you know, there was Kathy Martin, and then I brought uh, Doc Medich in. You, you know, he is. He used to pitch for the Yankees and the Pirates. Uh, he was a major league pitcher, but he was, as a doctor, he was an orthopedic surgeon, too. I got him involved. I said, you know, he joined. I said, if you're in, want to get in this field, you're a doctor, get involved with the abduction. So I stayed away from the abduction stuff until um, 2014 when Fred Saluga actually said to me, John, look at abductions. He said, it doesn't make any sense. How can it continue to go on for thousands of years? And it's the same thing. When do they have enough genetic material? And right then, like a month later, when I said, I'm going to start this research, was that 20th anniversary of my divorce and something shows up in my house. So there's more than coincidence to that. But mostly talking to other people abducted, I, I never really got into that because I let the experts in MUFON handle it. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, does Bert have a question? I saw that you were typing. You want to come on in, Bert? If you do, uh, you can unmute yourself. We have a couple minutes left to talk. And going one, two, three. Well, we'll move on then. Oh, let me know if he does. I can see him. He keeps looking like he's chatting and then he stops. So that was, okay, about the abductions. Um, is there any any cases around here that are interesting that, I mean, I try to keep up, but um, I haven't really kept up with MUFON too much lately. Yeah. Well, I retired three years ago, and that's when I really got into the demonology and writing some of my, my books and stuff. So I don't see any of the local stuff because I retired in 2017. So I, I don't really know. But I did. I was talking to some of the guys uh, just this week, and they said they're getting a lot of cases right now, you know. And, uh, you know, you got Chris Mellon from the Mellon Estate out here in Ligonier. He's involved with that Academy to the Stars and the Blink uh, – uh, 180, whatever. Uh, you know, so, um, and then they do that TV show, so who knows? Yeah. You know, but I don't get the cases anymore. Okay, um, Bert, go ahead and unmute yourself. We're here. Hi, can you guys hear me? Hey, yes, good Bert. evening. Hi, 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 John. Um, I have a question. I guess you kind of just touched upon it. Um, if there has been, if you have known, if there's any 
like an increase of UFO sightings. And I think you had just said that there was an increase lately. Um, and also, since last week's show was about Bigfoot, have you seen any correlation between Bigfoot sightings and UFO sightings? Well, you know, uh, when we do the conferences, and as a matter of fact, Fred is going to talk about this if we get to do the October conference at the Westmoreland Community College. But there, there is a uh, sometimes you see Bigfoot with UFOs. There was the famous case down in Uniontown uh, back in 73, where it was a Bigfoot, the, the, the farmer or whatever shot at it, said, I hit it, and it just disappeared. But he saw a UFO, he saw a Bigfoot, the shot the Bigfoot, it disappeared. The UFO left a, a round circular glowing ring and the state trooper showed up and said it was like glowing at night. It was like lit up uh, like a full moon. And one of the people, the investigator, Stan's investigators like walked into the ring and he started hallucinating and fell on the ground and started howling. They had to actually grab him and pull him out. But there's a funny thing with the Bigfoots though. When you shoot them, they kind of disappear. So what is that? I mean, they're interdimensional, or are they, again, are they demons and shapeshifters that can show as anything? Interdimensional, I think. Interdimensional on that one. Definitely. Yeah. Hey, John, one more question real quick. Thanks, Bert. Thanks, Bert. One more quick question. I also read that Pennsylvania is like the third top state in the United States with all kinds of UFOs. Bigfoots, cryptids. Is that why is that? Why Pennsylvania? Yeah, it is. Usually, when, when I was tracking all the stuff, it's anywhere between three and five. You know, it's usually California was number one, and sometimes Texas or Florida. Uh, but it's something about the mountain ranges. You know, this uh, mountain range here, the uh, Laurel Mountains. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, you get ghostly activity. And then you got the, all the Civil War deaths and everything else that took, took place here. But th- this Pennsylvania is very haunted. Now, is it because all of the rivers that pass through? There's a connection to water. Seems to be a connection to mountains. Uh, I don't know. But this is definitely a haunted area and uh, well, a cryptid area. <laughs> I appreciate it, John. Thank you for that answer. Yeah. Well, it was a really good night tonight. I think we can do this again, uh, John, because we have we can sit here all night and talk to you. you yeah. have so much to offer, but yeah, we are is. coming to the bewitching hour. Um, we have a few minutes left. Um, John, tell our audience where they can get in touch with you to get your books or read up yeah. on your. Yeah, just go to my my uh, website is johnventry.com. Officially, it's johnventry.blogspot. Dot com and and you'll get everything you need uh, right there. Um, the conference is supposed to be October 17th at Westmoreland Community College. Should be a good event if we can do it. But JohnVentry.com will get you there. I hope we can do it because I don't see why we can't. Yes. Um, but it would be well, really right, cool. We're restricted to 25 people at an indoor event right now. So and and I think the fact that it's two weeks before the election. They're not going to allow anything because they're, they're pushing this COVID thing way beyond what it is. Thank you, John. Yeah, that's another maybe, story. Yeah, yeah, you need well, to get an outdoor the, venue. I tell you what, have me on again to talk about the COVID conspiracy. That's the last book that I wrote. It was Ooh, sweet. That'll yeah. be a good one. We'll definitely have you, you back whole, on. I'll tell you the whole backstory as to what happened in China. Oh, okay. Sounds great, John. We'll have to do that. We'll put you in the calendar. Well, thanks again for joining us tonight. I appreciate it. Um, Sean, uh, tell our 